0: You're tuning in to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania, each weekday at 9 a.m. And for those listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30 p.m. each weekday as well. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and every Tuesday we have Gary Webster as our program presenter, and um, Gary will be has been continuing with this series of programs titled Lifetime Search. Uh, welcome, Gary.
1: Hello, Tabitha. Great to be here again. I enjoy this time.
0: <laughs> welcome back. I believe this is your second um, second um, program. program you're doing. Since per- back so, in Perth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's the first program I'm doing with you, so welcome back, Gary. Um, it's good to have you back. Um and also to remind our listeners of our show number it's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one um you can text us any comments any feedback um any questions and we'll be happy to respond to you and you can also catch us through the faith f m app or the faith f m website where you can catch up on previous episodes um so Gary, I have a question for you. I believe today you're talking about um Maybe we'll get back to that a bit later. I just want to ask, have you ever had any close encounters with fire in your life?
1: Oh yeah, good question. On a couple of occasions, Tabitha, the first one was, uh, this is before before you, uh, this is the olden days, okay, yeah. <laughs> we used to have these what we call chip heaters, wood heaters, you you would light a fire and this thing would make water for the baths, you know, this is going back quite a few years, yeah. and I remember my brother and I, we used to love to get this thing so roaring hot that <laughs> uh, when we'd open the door, the flames would shoot out, because, oh. well I remember one day we did that and opened the door and shoo, the flame shot out, and singed <laughs> all my hair yeah. Uh, yeah I never forgot that <laughs> the other one the other one was when I nearly burnt the house down um, oh, I had just done an exam I must have been about 15 years of age just done an exam and got 100% for the science exam oh, wow. and one of the things told you in science was don't put water on an electrical fire mm. so I come home and uh, I was on my own and I am uh, I put an, a, an egg to fry on the stove and then I went away outside to do something mm-hmm. and when I came back, the the whole curtains were all on fire, so I raced outside, grabbed the hose and squirted this thing, now it was an electrical oven, oh. and I, fortunately I didn't get electrocuted, but I've never yeah. forgotten that, because nearly burnt the house down. Oh no, oh no,
0: that must have been scary for so, you. So
1: yeah, don't talk about fire.
0: <laughs> I think you were probably too excited from um, achieving that. I think school.
1: so, but it didn't go too far, did it?
2: <laughs>
0: so um, I grew up... um. In our countryside, so um, I can say I'm a country girl and I had lots of encounter with fire because those in my early years we would use um, wood fire to cook.
1: Ah, yes. Yeah,
0: and sometimes when you're using proper and very dry wood, um, the fire will get really hot and yeah, you wouldn't want to get close to it. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, so anyway, what's your topic today, Gary?
1: Well, talking about fire, I'm talking about the assassination of God to hell and back. So we're going to talk about the subject of hell today that's a hot topic isn't it
2: mm.
1: <laughs> now look um, there's a lot of books being written and youtube uh presentations that people are making about how I went to hell and I came back again for example here's some titles of some recent books to Hell and back uh, I died and went to hell uh, heaven or hell been there twenty three minutes in hell so this is a this is a very uh current thing in people 's thinking many people say they've had those experiences. Well, I want to read, um, Tabitha, Mm -hmm. um, something from America's greatest theologian. That was Jonathan Edwards. He's regarded as being their greatest theologian back in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. And he had a book, and it was entitled, or a sermon, called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to notice what he says. Erring sinners would be held like loathsome insects by the hand of God, Over the fiery pit of hell. Mm. And when they cry out for mercy, how will God respond? Edwards answered, He will be so far from pitying you when you cry to Him that it is said that He'll only laugh and mock at those who rejected His mercy and reap their just reward. Did you get that?
0: That sounds awful. That
1: sounds terrible, doesn't it? Now, that's America's greatest theologian. Now, let me tell you, there are serious consequences for this sort of teaching. Mm Uh, Let me give you an illustration of how it's impacted people. Robert Ingersoll was a famous agnostic and his father was a Christian minister
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, and these were the bedtime stories that Robert Ingersoll was given. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was told by his father, who was a minister, there were babies in hell not more than a few inches long, uh, he says, said his father, Mm -hmm. uh, who were destined to burn there throughout eternity. Now you can understand when Robert Ingersoll heard that, he said, You'll be terrified. Exactly. He yeah. said, I hate God. Hmm. If, if that's, that's what God's like, that, he needs a savior. That's the reaction of some people. You know, Tabitha, this is, a, this is a very important topic, let me tell you, because there are more atheists than we would care to think about who are atheists today because of this teaching. Mm. The current teaching that you know you roast and toast for eternity, and people are roasting and toasting now while we're talking on the radio show, and that's going to go on and on into eternity. There are more people who are atheists because of this, so we we need to get to the bottom of this this topic mm. so that we can understand clearly.
0: Yeah, I had so many stories about that when I was in primary school, and uh, for a moment, like the way people tell the sad stories. It seems like it's true, like it sounds like it's real. Uh, because they'll say, Oh, um, someone went to hell and witnessed yeah, exactly. that and then come back. You know, looking back I feel like it just didn't make sense at all. But I'm really glad I at least I attended one of your follow up um programs, follow up. Oh yes, here Prophetica. in Hobart earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that really opened my eyes and about the in gave me more insights into this topic.
1: Good. Well, look, it's, it's, as I said, it's vital that we understand the truth about hell. Is it, what, what's going on here? And, and Tabitha, this subject is actually closely related to the subject of the last two weeks, which was on life after death. You see, the Bible teaches that death is like a sleep. Jesus taught that. Other Bible writers like Paul taught it. And the Bible also teaches that we know nothing till Jesus wakes us up from our sleep of death at the resurrection at his return so here's the point so if hell is real let's say hell is real that means that, and as people say you know, the current belief is that hell is real and people are there roasting now so if you're bad you go straight to hell at death mm-hmm. and you writhe around in, the, in, in, in pain in the flames of hell they say then it 's not true that the dead know nothing because they know plenty don 't they mm. lots of pain so so it would contradict the Bible here on that subject, so this is very important, mm-hmm. and of course, contradicting the Bible with where the dead know nothing, um, we have to clearly understand this of course, so also the Bible says we saw last week that no one gets immortality until the resurrection. Uh, and that hasn't happened yet so how can there be people with immortal souls in hell so that's what we have to come to grips with mm. does hell contradict this teaching so let's get into it eh? mm-hmm. here are the, some questions that I want to, to seek to answer uh, in this presentation one, is hell real? that's the first question mm-hmm. second, do act- are people actually suffering in the fires of hell right now while we're talking mm-hmm. and will they suffer on and on for eternity and so that it never ends uh, so yeah, those, those are some of the questions. And then another, probably one of the most important is how can we have hell and a loving God? Mm. That's a very important question. Mm. So let's actually begin with this one, um, how can we have hell and a loving God?
2: Mm.
1: Now, there's three facts we need to understand, uh, Tabitha, on this one. And the first one is sin. I want you to read for us Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And I'm going to make some points out of this text.
0: The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is
1: eternal life. Now, you'll notice it contrasts. Uh, death with eternal life. Mm. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Mm. So the the death that he's talking about is the opposite of eternal life, which means eternal death. He's Mm. talking about the death that's for eternity, Mm -hmm. eternal death. Mm -hmm. So there's two things. There's eternal life or there's eternal death. Mm. Now, is eternal death where we... Never get resurrected.
0: <laughs> I think that's where the confusion can arises from.
1: It does partly, yes. Mm. But is that eternal death? Is that because God gets even with us? So, Tabitha, you didn't accept Jesus, so He's going to wham you one and say, "Right, I'm going to, I'm going to. This is what I'm going to do to you for not doing what I want you to do." Is that what is what this is all about? Let's have a look at that. Mm. Notice, it's, read that text again from Romans six twenty three.
0: The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life.
1: Okay, now notice something interesting here. Eternal life is a, what's it called? What's eternal life? It's a gift, (laughs) right? But eternal death is not a gift, it's a wage. wage. So what does that mean? It's it's the consequences of our choice. Mm. So you work in this program, and so what happens? We pay you, right? That's your wage. That's the consequence of your work. Now here God says, the wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death, says the Bible. In other words, it's your choice, my choice, that brings us this eternal death, mm. not because God gets even with us. It's our choice. Now, you think about this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you go to a hospital, you can sometimes see your, your loved one or some friend or somebody, they're plugged into life support system. Imagine if they're conscious, they could reach over and unplug from the life support system, can't they?
2: Yeah. By
1: their choice, they would die. Mm. Okay. So our life support system is Christ. Mm. Um, and and uh, that's why the Bible says those who have the Son have life. Mm. Those who do not have the Son do not have life. Mm. Um, God said this in Deuteronomy, that you may love the Lord your God with all your heart Sorry, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him, for he is your life. Hmm. In other words, God is the source of life, and, and if we unplug from him, it's not because God gets even with us, we're unplugging from the source of life. We
0: choose to dis- ex- disconnect
1: Exactly. Hmm. So it's not because God gets even. Only is life in God, so if we disengage from God, so it's the consequence of disengaging from the life support system, which is Christ. Hmm. It's our choice. So it's not because God gets even with. The second thing about how can you have hell and a loving God is parenthood. But we better pick that one up after our song, I reckon.
0: Sure. Um, this first song is Choose Life by Carly Fletcher.
2: Each new day. God gives you a choice to make Blessing or cursing Life or death It's in your hands The choice is yours to make So what will you choose Today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life And the length of your days So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death, blessing or cursing, the choice is in your hands, how will you choose to And so this day, I have a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. How will I live? The choice is mine to make, I choose Jesus Christ. Choose love. you and your descendants may live will you love the lord your god and obey his voice for god is your life and the length of your days so what will you choose will you choose
0: That is Choose Life by Carly Fletcher. And you're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM with Gary Webster. And um, we've got uh, someone texting in a question. Um, that's David. David has sent a very important question, but Gary will pick that up um, at the end of, um, towards the end of his program. And, um, yeah, so, Gary, where do we get from here now?
1: Well, we got to talking about um, the first thing we need to understand. How can you have hell and a loving God? By the way, I love, I love that uh, question that has been sent in, and I'm sure people will have questions on this. What I want you to do is listen carefully to what we talk about. We're going to come to some of the, the big questions that people will have as we come to the end uh, of the program. Now, uh, first of all, by the way, we've got, we've got a great offer today. People won't want to miss this, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Later on, um, we talked about, so, so how can you have hell and a loving God? First thing, it's not because God gets even with people because they didn't accept Jesus Christ or something. No, we unplug from the life support system. We make a choice, and the, the consequence of that choice is eternal death. Now, the second one is parenthood. Mm-hmm. I want you to read for us, Tabitha, mm-hmm. Matthew 7, verse 9 to 11. Read that for us.
0: Or what man is there of you who, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him?
1: And then read for me John eleven, or John fourteen nine.
0: Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father.
1: Okay, now let's just think about this for a minute. So Jesus says, Listen, listen, you parents, if your child asked for your bread, would you hand him over a rock to eat? Of course we wouldn't. No. So if he asked for a fish, would we, would we say, oh, he's, a, he's a deadly taipan. Mm. Have that for breakfast. Of course we wouldn't. Which no. There's no way we would do that. Mm. And, and some people have this idea that in the Old Testament, God is a God of vengeance, but in the New Testament, he's a God of love. Listen, the Bible says that you read the text, he who has seen me has seen the Father. God is not different in the Old and the New Testament. He's the same God, mm. the same God, and he's a loving God. So what, what's, what's this text tell us? Well, here's a question I have for you, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get discipline, disciplined by your parents? <laughs>
0: I, I am African. <laughs> <laughs> what is I, know. Um, oh, my gosh, so many times, <laughs> especially all through primary school. And sometimes I felt like I didn't deserve it. Okay. I felt like it was too much. But, yeah, both my parents disciplined me. Oh, I me thought and you sister. were
1: perfect. And your herons, parents would never discipline you. <laughs> I
0: thought so, too.
1: <laughs> well, let's think about it. Of course, of course parents discipline their children because they love them. Discipline means, uh, the word is discipling, really. They want to, to teach them, to help them, to grow them. But let's just say, so you're a mum, Tabitha, okay? You will be one. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So you have a kid, and your kids, and you say to them, you know, four or five years old, you say, now, don't take the biscuits. I don't want you to eat them between your meals because you'll not eat your dinner properly. So yeah. don't take the biscuits. Now, let's just say your kids, one day when you're outside doing the washing, they, they help themselves to a couple of biscuits in your, in your in your tin. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Are you going to pour tar over the top of them with some petrol and set a light to them. Would you do that for an hour?
0: No, no. I wouldn't do that. I'll make them aware of their mistake and um, maybe there'll be a consequence of that. I don't know. But but (laughs) But, here's the point.
1: You wouldn't do that. Mm. No parent would pour petrol over their child and set a light to them for five days, three days, maybe an hour. We wouldn't do it. But yet... This is what people say God will do to people and he's doing to people. He's going to set them alight and they'll stay alight forever and ever and ever and they'll suffer. Now, let's think about it. What did Jesus say? If you being evil, meaning you're sinners, you know how to do good things for your kids. How much more will you have? You can understand why people say, well, if that's what God's like. Whoa, hang on a bit here. Mm. So that's the point. I'm just raising this. What does this teaching say about God? That's all my point is at this point. Mm. Now, so that's the second one, um, Tabitha. So how can you have hell and a loving God? Well, one, it's not because God gets even with people. It's the consequence of our choice. We choose to disengage from God who is our life support system. Number two, parenthood. Are we better than God? Are we more are we more kind and holy than God? Number 3 is Calvary. Mm-hmm. I want to take a few moments on this one. I want you to read for us Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 6.
0: But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The judgment of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
1: Did you get that, Tabitha? It says he was wounded for our transgressions, our sins, bruised for our iniquities. On the cross, Christ suffered because of our sin. God laid our sin on him, it says. Mm. In fact, Paul says, Mm -hmm. he made him who knew no sin to be sin Sin. for us. Mm. That's what happened at Calvary. Now, what was the result of that? When Christ took our sins upon him, what was the result? It was death. Exactly. Because the wages of sin is Is death. death. But was it really the physical death? Was that the main result of what happened on the cross, Death, mm-hmm. have a read of this text mm-hmm. for me in uh, Matthew twenty seven forty six. We're familiar with this, but read it again.
0: Oh, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?"
1: In other words, when Jesus was taking your sin, Tabitha, and mine, and the sin of all of our listeners and everybody on this planet, Mm. he felt forsaken of God. My God, why have you forsaken me? There's an answer. It's found in Isaiah 59.2. Read Isaiah 59.2 for us and we'll find out why.
0: But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you.
1: Okay, so there we have it. Your iniquities, your sins have separated you from your God. Sin separates. When Jesus was on the cross taking our sins, he said, I feel separated. My God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. So this is interesting. Christ on the cross really experienced the eternal separation from God that sinners will feel one day who choose to disengage from the life support system. The wage or the consequence of sin ultimately is separation from God eternally. That sense that I'm no longer part, God and I are forever separated. Mm. And why did he do this? So that we might never experience eternal separation when that eternal death thing comes. Mm. I want you to read for me Hebrews 13.5 because there's an interesting word here.
0: He himself had said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you.
1: Ah, that same word forsake there in Hebrews 13.5, as Paul writes to the Christians, is the same word for, why have you forsaken me when Jesus cried that on the cross? In other words, he was forsaken so that we might never be forsaken. We might never be separated. So Tabitha, this is amazing grace when you think about it, Mm. that Christ was willing to to be to die eternally meaning to be eternally separated from his father that's what he was feeling mm. on the cross mm. he was willing to be separated eternally for you and me and all of our listeners mm. now remember when moses was given the 10 commandments mm. what did he do when he came down from the te- from the from mount sinai with those 10 commandments do you remember what he did
0: yeah when he found what the people they Children of Israel had done. Um, Aaron had made a golden calf. and
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: he broke. He was angry. He threw the stones down and broke them.
1: Right. He he broke the Ten Commandments because they had broken them spiritually. Mm. They broke those commandments. And then God says, Moses... When you read the whole story, it says, Moses, step aside, I'm going to destroy these people because they're so stubborn, they're rebellious, they they cling to their sin, they don't want to follow me. And Now, God wasn't really going to do that. We wanted to see Moses' reaction. And Moses said some interesting words. I want you to read Exodus 32, verse 32 for us.
0: Actually, I read this recently. I've been reading the book of Exodus. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but... Uh, yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. Do you, do you get
1: what Moses is saying here? Mm. He's
0: saying, God,
1: look, if you'll only forgive their sin, and if it means you have to take me out of the book, if it means I will lose my eternal life, go ahead and not let me have eternal life, but let them have it. Now, if Moses was willing to do that, mm-hmm. how much more Jesus was willing to do that? Mm. Eternal separation from God is what hell is ultimately about. Ultimately. Now, how can we have hell and a loving God? Well, those, those three things. One, sin. Mm. It's not because God gets even that we have eternal death. It's because we choose to disengage from Christ, the life support system, and life is in God. Two, parenthood. Are we better than God? We wouldn't roast and toast our kids even for a day, but yet God is said to going to do this for eternally. Mm. Are we better than God? And three, Calvary. Calvary, what's it really all about? Ultimately, it's about the separation, not about the fire. Mm. But we have to acknowledge from the Bible that there will be fire because the Bible says so. Mm. So let's answer another question now, Tabitha. Mm -hmm. Probably when we come back from uh, another song, I want to answer this question Mm -hmm. and a couple of others. When is hell? Is actually while you and I are talking on this radio show, show, Mm. some people down there somewhere writhing in the flames of hell. Is that what the Bible teaches? Really? That's what we want to look at when we come back.
0: So join, stay with us um, yeah, to learn more about that and find out what Gary has to say.
1: That book, by the way, Tabitha, what was the title of that book we've got? It's an incredible book that's coming up that we're going to be sharing. Mm. Perhaps we'll mention it straight after the after the song, but it's, it's a book that people will just want to get their hands on. What, what's it actually called?
0: Does God Love Sinners Forever?
1: Good. I didn't have the title right in front of me, but it's an awesome book. Does God Love Sinners Forever? And then the sequel to that is Is... There are hell and what is the last bit?
0: How long will it burn?
1: Exactly. So we're, we're going to start to answer some of that after our song.
0: This next song is In Christ Alone by Keith and Kristin Getty and Alison Cross.
2: In Christ alone My hope is found The Lord who took a flesh, Fullness of God in helpless faith This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones He came to save Till on the cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied Every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live Light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day. blood of Christ No guilt in life, no fear in death This is the power of Christ Calls me home here in the park of Christ. I'll stand.
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: That was um, In Christ Alone by Keith and Christine Getty and Alison Cross. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Gary Webster. And uh, before we went for a break, Gary, you promised um, to answer this question, when is hell? Do you think there are people burning in hell at the moment? Mm -hmm. Um, I believe most of the listeners are looking forward to uh, hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, good, good. That's the question we want to pick up now. So when is hell? Is it now? Uh, What's the story there? Well, Christ told a parable of a farmer. Let me just quickly tell it to you. He said a a farmer had his servants sow some seed and um, up sprung the, the, the wheat. But then a couple of days later the servants noticed that the weeds were coming up among them and so they said to the the farmer, they said, hey, some some enemy has come in and planted weeds among our wheat. Shall we go and pull up the weeds? And and he said, no, 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 don't do that because if you pull up the weeds, you'll pull up the new wheat at the same time. So let them both grow together Hmm. until the end of the harvest, and then we can deal with it. Now, I want you to read for us how Christ interpreted this parable because he he then explained to them the meaning of this parable. If you could start reading for us, well, it's actually quite a little long one. We're going to go Matthew 13, verse 37 to 42. So there's a few verses there. Matthew 13, 37 to 42. You can read this for us, Tabitha.
0: And he answered and said, He that sowed the good seed is the son of man.
1: That's himself, and, right? Mm. Jesus himself. Yeah, go ahead.
0: And the field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. And the weeds are the children of evil one. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil. So
1: who sowed these seeds? Satan. The devil. Satan. Right. Keep going.
0: Mm. And the harvest is the end of the world.
1: Wait, a, wait, a, wait a. just hold on. When is the harvest?
0: The end of the world. The end of
1: the world. The of the world. Right, keep reading.
0: And the reapers are angels, as they, as therefore the weeds are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be in the end of the world.
1: Well, wait, 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 hang on <laughs> again. When is this harvest and when are they gathered up and burned in the fire?
0: In the end of the in world. In the
1: end of the world. This is interesting. Keep going.
0: Um, the Son of Man shall send His angels, and they shall gather up of His kingdom all things that cause stumbling and those that sin, and will throw them into the furnace of fire.
1: At the end of the world again, you see. Mm. So hell is not now. Hell is at the end of the world. The fire is not now. Mm. The fire is at the end of the world, says Jesus. Mm. Now, Peter said exactly the same thing. Mm. I wonder if you could read for a second Peter chapter 3, verse 10.
0: But the day of the Lord will come. Wait that's on, just,
1: just a minute again, Tabitha. I'm going to pull you up here. Mm. Is will come past tense or present tense or future tense? Future tense. Future tense. The yes. day of the Lord will come. So keep reading.
0: In which the heavens will pass away and a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Okay,
1: so when is this going to happen, says Peter? In um, the future, in at the, future. the end of the world. When Jesus comes, in other words, that's when the fire comes. Mm. So no one is suffering in hell now. Mm. This is the clear teaching of the Bible. Hell is at the end of the world,
2: mm.
1: not now. Okay? Mm. So I think this is a relief for some people, let me tell you. Um, but let's keep going. Well, the next question would mm-hmm. be, well, how long does hell last for when it happens? Mm. Does hell last forever? Um Why don't you mention, first of all, before we go on, this great book offer that we're going to be giving today because this is Does God Love Sinners Forever and so on and, you know, is there a hell, and how long will it burn? By Danny Shelton, just give us a little bit of a description of what that book's because I want our listeners to get hold of this. I really do. Mm.
0: Many Christians feel the Bible teaches that sinners will burn in the fires of hell forever and ever. Would a God of love burn sinners in the fires of hell forever and ever? Many Christians believe the Bible says yes. Written in clear, is to and is easy to understand language. Does God love sinners forever? Looks at the weight, or this book, "Does God Love Sinners Forever?" Looks at the weight of evidence, placing text upon text to see what the Bible really says.
1: Okay, so it's going and to be—it's a great book on looking at the Bible text. So our listeners can get hold of this uh, and 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 see more let's Yeah, we'll keep,
0: give you the code later.
1: Great. Let's just go on now. So mm-hmm. the question we're looking at: What well, does hell last forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, read for us: Revelation twenty, verse nine and ten, for us, Tabitha.
0: And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now, what does
1: it say? It devoured them. Mm. That means it consumed them. That means there was nothing left. That's what that word, that's what that means. This is hell. Satan and those who cling to sin, who don't want to engage to the life support system, which would give them eternal life, they're completely destroyed. I want you to read for me now Mm -hmm. Malachi 4, 1 and 3. It makes it abundantly clear that the fires don't go on forever. Malachi 4, 1 and 3. Could you read that for us, Tabitha?
0: Sure. For behold, the day is coming, burning as a furnace, and all the proud and all that do wickedness shall be these stubble and the day that is coming shall burn them up says the lord of hosts that it will leave them neither root nor branch and you shall tread down the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that i make says the lord
1: now let's just think about this text from the bible mm. it says the day will come when it will burn them up if i burn something up what's left Ashes. Exactly. It it, it, it ceases to be. Mm. And the Bible says that people, he says, that it will leave them neither root nor branch, nothing's left, in other words. And then it says, like you said, Tabitha, they will be ashes under the soles of your feet, meaning they're completely Finished. It's, so God's not going to roast and toast people on and on and on for eternity according to the Bible here. Mm-hmm. In fact, even Satan is reduced to ashes, the Bible said, We're going to read that text in a moment. Some people think Satan's sort of stoking up the fires and keeping things going. Mm-hmm. No, he's, he's going to be reduced to ashes. Read for us mm-hmm. uh, the picture we have in Ezekiel 28, verse 18 and 19, where God is predicting mm. in a prophetic sense what's going to be the end of this one called Lucifer. Read this for us.
0: You are perfect in your ways from the day you were created Till iniquity was found in you, O covering cherub.
1: A cherub is a type of an angel. This is what the devil was. Originally, he was Lucifer, the covering cherub. We talked about that in the program. He was God's, the the angel that sort of was over guarding God or next to God. Keep going.
0: Mm. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever.
1: Did you notice what it said there? You have become a horror. You shall be no more forever. He's finished Hmm. and he's going to be ashes. It says again there. Hmm. So the idea that God is roasting and toasting people for eternity is simply not found in the Bible. Hmm. The Bible rather talks about the total non-existence of Some people call it annihilation. They cease to exist. Satan and all who freely choose to cling and live life without God, cling to sin and live life without God. Uh, And this is the consequence of disengaging from or disconnecting from the life support system. Mm. The consequence of using our freedom to say, no, we don't want God, so therefore we can't have life because he's the source of life. Mm. So this is so plain, you know, Tabitha, it really is. Just another question, why does God have a hell then? What's Mm. the purpose Mm. of hell? Mm. Well, we often say uh, a rotten apple will do what to the rest of the apples?
0: It will cause them to rot. (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, God has to put down yeah. those who cling to it we do it with, sh- with with herds these days we cull the herds you know you've you've seen what happens when some uh, uh, a flock of sheep or, or cows or something get foot and mouth disease we have to put them 30%. down to, for the, to protect the rest well God says listen I've, I've, I've given some given them plenty of opportunities I even sent my son but they still want to cling to sin they don't want me and if, if you don't have me you can't have life because life is in me
0: mm. and And I'm thinking even with COVID, if you have COVID, you have to isolate, you have to stay away from it. Exactly, it's mm.
1: like a quarantine. Mm. So when the fire has done its work, it it simply goes out. Mm. And this earth becomes the site of the last empire. Read what John says in Revelation 21.
0: Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no more sea.
1: You don't read of a fire somewhere there in the New Testament, in, in Revelation. No, God makes a new heaven and a new earth. It's the same planet, but God's fixed it up. And God takes no joy in destroying those who cling to sin. I want to finish on this text before we have our, our last song. Read for us um, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Remember what we read right at the beginning that Jonathan Edwards, the greatest of the Americans the- said God's going to delight in this. Mm. I don't think he was reading his Bible. Read this next text.
0: Mm. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn turn from his way and live, turn from your evil ways.
1: God, God doesn't want to have a fire to destroy people finally to so that they cease to exist. He loves them. He says, I have no pleasure. Turn from your sin. In other let turn to me. I love you. Don't do this. Mm. So let's have our last song. And then I'm going to come to uh, look at uh, some very important uh, questions after this break mm. that uh, I want to start to address. And we'll pick them up next week. Thanks, Tabitha. Let's go to the. What's the next song?
0: Uh, the next song is "Joy Comes in the Morning" by Michelle McLaga, ah, and song. we'll give you the chords to to um, claim the book offer after the break.
2: <laughs> Times I lay weeping, nights without sleeping to come, when my world crashes in sackcloth and ashes, I wait at the foot of the cross, have mercy on this dust, in you I put my trust, for I know your joy will come in the morning. I'll praise your name And my morning will turn He sees a spiral fall He knows what you're going to do When I see you face to face When I see you face to face
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio
0: that was joy comes in the morning by michelle maclaga and um, you're listening to tads encounters with gary webster and before we went for break i promised to give you the code to claim this amazing book uh, which is called does god love sinners forever and uh, this book and um, the code to claim this book is dig seventeen dig one seven no space in between text at zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and we'll send that book to you and that book is by Denny Shelton. Dig seventeen um to Um Gary we are, I believe, we are in the last section of today's program. How would you like to wrap up today?
1: Okay, good. Thanks, Tabitha. But that that book it'll be is an awesome book. Does God love sinners forever? Is there a hell? How long will it burn? I'd encourage our readers to get that. Now, let's just wrap up by saying eternal torment in hell. This idea that people are roasting and toasting for eternity it actually denies the truth of death. Because the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 9.5, the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. Mm. Now, if you're writhing in the flames of hell and you're dead, but your immortal soul or something, so they say, you know plenty, mm. you know pain. Mm. So this denies it. It's, it's, secondly, eternal torment in hell denies the gospel of Jesus because the gospel says, for God so loved the world, And that's the first thing. This doesn't make a loving God look very loving, this teaching. Let me tell you, does it?
0: No, no, it it doesn't.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. In other words, will not cease to exist, but have everlasting life. But you think about it. According to this teaching, people have eternal life. It's not good quality because they're in the flames, but they have eternal life. Mm. But they didn't believe. And yet... They have eternal life. So the Bible says you only get eternal life if you believe. So it denies the gospel. Mm. And then finally, Tabitha, Mm -hmm. this idea of an eternally burning hell, it assassinates the character of God. And that's why I've called it the assassination of God. Mm. I think um, uh, Charles um, Pinnock, Clark Pinnock, uh, had a, a, a great summary of this. Notice what he said. Mm-hmm. of this teaching that people roast and toast for eternity. He said, everlasting torture is intolerable from a moral point of view. As
2: mm-hmm.
1: this everlasting fire torture is intolerable from a moral point of view because it pictures God acting like a bloodthirsty monster who maintains an everlasting Auschwitz. Auschwitz was a German concentration camp in Poland where people were put in the fires. Uh, so let me read it again. It pictures God acting like a bloodthirsty mon- monster who maintains an everlasting Auschwitz for his enemies whom he does not even allow to die. Mm. I suppose one might be afraid of a God like that. Mm. Well, I reckon that's true, isn't it? Mm. But could we love and respect him? Now, honestly, could we really love and respect a God like that? Then he goes on to say, Antony Flew, that he was an influential atheistic philosopher, was right to object that if Christians really believe that God created people with the full intention of torturing some of them in hell forever, they might as well give up the effort to defend Christianity. Good statement. Mm. Now, let's think about it, what really these guys are saying. Mm. They're really saying that, listen, if this is what God does to people for eternity, roasts and toasts them and and they're in pain, Mm -hmm. then one day God's going to have to apologise to someone like Adolf Hitler. Why? Mm -hmm. Well... Terribly, he put them in those, you know, these men put them in those gas chambers and they gassed them and then they, they burnt them in the crematoria. Some of them were alive when they put them in the crematory, but at least they died. Mm. But this is not the case with God. No, God's, God is going to, according to people, he's going to roast and toast people for eternity. So he'd have to apologize to mm. to someone like Hitler. He'll be doing worse. He'd be doing worse. Exactly. That's mm. the point. So. Tabitha, this is a vital topic when it comes to God. Mm. I remember hearing of a story from Western Australia where (laughs) a farmer had his buildings burnt down, um, you know, his... Is out buildings for his, his animals. And he went next day to have a look at all the damage. And, and then as he's looking around all the, you know, the burnt pieces and bits and pieces, he saw some charred feathers of a, of a hen. And in his discouragement, he, he kicked the feathers and out from underneath popped some little chickens. Mm. And then he realized this mother hen had given her life, gathered her chickens under her wings and protected them mm. by her own death. And that's a bit like it's with God. Mm. The fire's going to go out. But it's Christ that has taken what the fires are really all about, the eternal separation. So next week, uh, Tabitha, Mm. I want to pick up some of the questions that have already come in. I noticed David's shot us a question. I'm going to pick up texts which seem to say, well don't the fires go forever for for example Mm. doesn't it talk about eternal hell fire in the Bible Mm. we're going to be looking at those texts regarding that doesn't the Bible talk about an unquenchable fire Mm. doesn't that say yes Mm. what does that mean and doesn't it talk about a forever fire and the smoke ascending forever and ever what does that mean Mm. and what about the story of the rich man and Lazarus the rich man was in hell and what's going on here doesn't this contradict what we've said this morning these are the questions that People have, and we're going to look at those next week. And we're going to give some very good answers that connect and, and don't contradict what we've seen clearly the Bible teaches this morning.
0: Mm, and we also encourage our listeners to text if they've had an experience.
1: Yes, yes, a good, good. I wonder if some of our, of our listeners have had an experience where they've met somebody who, who really hates God or doesn't believe in God because of this teaching mm. because uh, it has made many atheists. But I'd love to hear if some people have seen that. they've People just don't, can't, they have difficulty in, in, in believing that God is a God of love because of this teaching. I'd love them to text us.
0: Yes, please text us because then Gary can clarify that. And if you have any other questions, please, please text us and um, Gary can address that next week. And make, please make sure you join us next week because um, next week is Topic or uh, what Gary is going to cover will be. um,
1: Those questions we'll look at. Yes. Mm. Questions about hell.
0: Mm. And also to remind our listeners, um, to claim the offer for today, which is this book, Does God Love Sinners Forever? Is there a Hell? How long will it burn by Danny Shelton? Um, the code is DIG17, DIG17, no space in between text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one And we'll be able to send that book to you. It's an amazing book and, uh, you'll learn so much from reading that book. And um, tomorrow we have Rako joining us and he'll be continuing with the series 3MJ and Rako will be talking about the parable of the sheep and the goats. So join Rako and I tomorrow um, to hear what he has to share. And uh, we thank you for tuning in today and we hope you've been blessed with this powerful sharing and I hope you've learned something today that you can share with um, other people around you. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to hear from you Wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. We're going out with this song, Champion of Love, by Fountain Fountain View Academy Orchestra and Singers.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention. I want to introduce to you In this corner of the good and the right Stands a champion robed in white His height exceeds the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is evermore Higher than the highest, greater than the great, no one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest, he reigns from above, above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. his hometown to enter this arena to raise his hands in victory for me. An angry crowd crucified this king who wore their crown, and they gladly watched their champion going down. Oh, but I him out, for I'm a witness of the day he rose to retain the title champion of love. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great, no one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest, he reigns from above. champion of love. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated, champion, the all-time undisputed champion, the champion.